And so, uh, would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of Philippians in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to continue, we're going to continue to uh, look at winning over worry, or dealing with worry, or I even kind of entitled this last uh, week on just simply, don't be a worry wart. How can we not be a worry wart? I mean, worry is something that all of us can deal with and do struggle with, and the Lord has something to say about it. So in Philippians chapter 4, if you'll begin reading with me in verse number 4, the Bible says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, that's a double command. So anytime God says something once, it's important, but if he says it twice, it's pretty interesting because he's emphasizing that. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now notice the context of that always. Why can we rejoice? It doesn't say we can rejoice in our circumstances. It doesn't say that we can rejoice in our situation that we're in. And uh, I'm going to turn this on, Brother Chris. I forgot to turn it on. And it doesn't say that we can rejoice in people. The Bible says the reason we can always rejoice is because of the source of that joy and that rejoicing is in the Lord. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us these next few moments as we study your word, as we look into thy word, as we expound upon your word. I pray you'll speak to us now. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. This is, there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, verse 8, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but when you talk about prescriptions, you know, someone gets sick or even a recipe if someone is cooking. You have a recipe to follow. Well, God's given us a prescription or a recipe to follow on having the right kind of thought life. You know, some people have this idea. They say, well, I can't control what I think. That's not true. That's simply not true to make the excuse to say, well, I can't control the way I think. Oh, yes, you can. The Bible very clearly here says in verse 8 that if it doesn't line up with this prescription or if it doesn't line up with these elements then you're not to think on them. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, I think that's very helpful. But we don't want to look at that tonight. We want to look at verse 6 because that's the text. Be careful for nothing. Now, we gave all the introductory thoughts on this last week. What does that mean? It just simply means you're not to worry. You're not to worry. That's what that verse means. Be careful for nothing. And we talked to you last week on what does it mean to worry. It's to divide the mind. It's ripping your mind apart. It's being torn 
in maybe 40 different places because you're worrying about things. It's dividing your mind. We understand that we live in a world full of worry. People are worrying about everything. They're worrying about their futures. They're worrying about disease. They're worrying about death. They worry about job situations. I mean, there's so many things that we can worry about. Some people even get so struggling with worry and, and anxiousness that they seek help through doctors. Some seek it through drugs. But listen, some people just give up. Do you know that in America alone that you would be astounded by the rate of suicide on a weekly basis in America? Really around the world, but especially in America, in certain areas of America, if the suicide rate is extremely high. And why? Because people just give up. They feel like it's not worth living. They're struggling with worry. So we understand that worry is a real thing. Worry has never dried a tear. Worry has never mended one broken heart. Worry has never solved one problem. It's like getting out in a lake and doing a lot of work rowing and never getting anywhere. Who wants to go out into a boat, get in the middle of a lake and get out there and row and row and I mean work yourself up to a frenzy and never get anywhere? That's what worry does. So God says you're not to worry. Why is that such a big deal? I'm going to tell you why it's a big deal. You know why? You know what really the sin of worry is? You know what? And I believe it's a sin. Do you know why I believe that we live there and stay there? Because here's what we're saying. We're saying God can't. God can't. So if we're going to worry about it, then we're basically living a life of saying, well, God, I don't have anything else better to do than to worry because you certainly can't or won't do anything about it. Now think of it that way. Now all of us struggle with worry, but look at it that way. We're really saying, God, you can't. Because if we're worrying about it, we're certainly not depending on the Lord or trusting the Lord in it. Now, how do we, should we respond or how could we win over worry? I gave you three or four things last week and I want to give you a few more today. But first of all, I said to you last week on Wednesday, do not fret or do not worry about tomorrow. Most of our worries are tomorrow. Most of our worries are in the future. They haven't happened yet. And God tells us in Matthew chapter 6 that we're not to worry about tomorrow. Sufficient of the day. We have enough to deal with today. Don't allow tomorrow's troubles or problems to trouble you today. And have you ever learned this? Now, it doesn't always happen this way, but have you ever noticed we worry ourselves up to a frenzy and we worry more about it. And here's what I've noticed in my life. It's normally never as bad as what we thought it would be. The expectation sometimes is actually worse than what we're dealing with. So... Don't worry about tomorrow. That's a biblical principle. Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. And then I said to you last week, stop trying and start trusting. Well, what do we mean there? 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on Him for He careth for you. That means cast. That means you're rolling it over. In other words, you realize you can't do it. You're not able to carry that load, so you cast it. You roll it up on the Lord and quit picking it up. Because as long as you keep trying with a situation, you're going to worry about it. But casting your care on the Lord, you're giving it to the Lord and you're trusting and you're not trying. And then I just said this simply last week, give it to God. 
Give it to the Lord. That's what this verse says here in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Give it to the Lord. Give the problem to God. Pray that God will give you the strength to face the day as a Christian. Trust the Lord. Give it to Him. You can't change it anyway. Most of the things we worry about, struggling with, we can't change. So let's give it to the Lord. Now, here's the new ones tonight. I don't know if I'll finish tonight. If not, we've got plenty of time in the next few weeks. I want you to notice the fifth thing that I want to help you with that I think will be helpful when we talk about trying to win over worry or not being a worry wart. Number five, get a hold of this. Bad things can become good. Bad things can become good. Why do we say that? Romans 8.28 is still true. That doesn't mean all things are good. God doesn't say, and we know, all things will turn out good. That's not what he said. He didn't say all things were good. He said we know. Let's just turn there. Why don't you turn there? Go to the book of Romans. Go to Romans 8.28. Let's just read it together. I think we need to be reminded of it tonight. Romans 8.28. Now let's get a hold of this tonight. Romans 8.28. What does the Bible say? And we know. Not maybe. Not might. Not hope. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So if that verse is true, then we know that bad things can become good. Was it not the life of Joseph where his brothers meant evil unto him? Everything they did caused so much evil, but he realized towards the end, and it took many years for Joseph to understand this, but he looked at his brethren and he said, what you meant unto evil, God meant unto good. That's a beautiful picture of Romans 8.28. So sometimes we're worrying about things and God has a plan. Here's, Here's what I also want to say here, and I believe we are... We are, we are wallowing in this. We are drowning in this. And not only in America, but we're drowning in this in the Christian ranks. People that should know better. Bad things can become good. Here's what we need to understand in a situation like this. Don't seek self-pity. We're wallowing in that today. We're drowning in that today. People don't want help. They want you to feel sorry for them. Listen to me now. Don't wallow in self-pity. If you're going to deal with a tragedy, if you're going to deal with trouble, if you're going to worry about something, don't wallow in self-pity. In other words, here's what I'm saying. Accept your responsibility as a Christian. In other words, I think the best thing I can say is this. How should I react to a situation? There are some situations I have no control over. But I'll tell you what I do have control over. How I react to it. How I react to it. As a Christian. And I have resources. You have resources. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. We have the Word of God. One of the things that I've learned, and I'm, I'm going to try to, to, to preach a series of messages of things that I hope will be helpful through my period of time here that I've just come through. 
I, I want to I try to be helpful. I want to try to help you what I've learned. What I've learned to be helpful. But I hope that you'll learn some things. You know one thing that I've learned? One thing that I've learned is, is exactly right here. Is we have to understand how we respond to things. It might take time. But for instance, don't resist, respond. Now we're talking about dealing with something that we're worrying about or struggling with, or maybe we're dealing with some hurt or some tragedy. Don't resist, but respond. Here's what I mean by that. Don't resist it, but respond correctly to God in that matter. For instance, when you respond correctly, God will react to your situation. Now, think about this a minute. When you resist, you resist, if I resist, and all I want to do is worry about something. All I want to do is have self-pity. And I don't want to get victory over that, or I don't want to see what God's doing in that, and I'm resisting what God's trying to do, even in the darkness, and all I want to do is resist, then here's what happens. God can allow that thing to last a whole lot longer. When you resist, then the problem may continue until you respond correctly. God doesn't want us living all of our life worrying about something. There has to come a time in our life that we have to realize that and have a responsibility as a Christian. Look, this is God's will for my life and we got to quit feeling sorry for ourselves and we have to understand God has a purpose in it whether I like it or not. And quit wanting everybody to feel sorry for us. You know, all that does is continue to worry. We're resisting what the Lord's doing. We're resisting the fact that God can take something bad and make it good. That's what we're resisting. We want to worry about something that's bad and not trust that maybe that's the very avenue or the very vehicle that God is going to work. I'm going to share one little thing. I never dreamed that I would have to take a few weeks. But you want to know where something that helped me? I was sitting in a very serene place on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Sitting in a very beautiful place. It was a special time in my life. I was watching the services here. God worked in my heart that morning. I seen these people come forward. I had been, this young man that's going to be getting baptized on Sunday, I'd been watching him for weeks. I mean, he was locked in, keyed in. I mean, I've, you know, I'm not saying that I can tell everything, but, you know, when you preach as long as I preach, you can tell when people are paying attention. You can tell when people's asleep. You can tell when people's ready to go. You can tell when people's locked in. You can tell when people's aggravated. I mean, I got eyes, but I can also tell when a young man is really sitting there lapping up everything that you're given from the Bible. I mean, this young man, and even, and I'm just going to be honest, I've even watched the girl that he was sitting beside trying to get his attention many times. And he would look at her while I'm preaching and he'd say, stop, I'm trying to listen. So I'm sitting in a very secluded place, God's country. 
Y'all know where that's at, don't you? I was right on the river, too. My door, I was right out there on that deck. It was beautiful. And I seen that young man come forward. I'm going to be honest with you. It touched my heart. But then that night, Brother Market preached a message talking about the treasure in the field. I thought that was a powerful thought. But then, Clay gets up. And what Clay said that evening, how God had worked in his heart, that he even said through this, God had spoke to his heart to maybe step up and be what God wants him to be. Not that he wasn't being, but I, see, here's what I'm talking about. Not all bad things are bad. So while we're sitting there worrying about stuff, God's working in people's hearts. So there's really no need to sit and worry. So when God says to us, be careful for nothing, that's what He means. Because we have to understand what we think might be bad, God might be using that for good. And we're wasting our time worrying about it. It's sad when some do not learn from the experiences of life. We should, good or bad. So winning over worry, responding to worry, we have to understand that bad things can become good. Number six, and I'm going to close. Maybe. Adjust, adjust. A-D-J-U-S-T, adjust, adjust. Your life to accept the problems. Let me say it like this. Sometime God does not steal the storm. He doesn't always shut the waves down. He doesn't always clear the, the clouds. But He can steal us in the storm. That's what I've learned. That's what I've learned. He can still us in the storm, even when the storm's raging. Why are we going to worry about it? See, no, we need to adjust our life to accept the problems. In other words, we either can become better or we can become bitter. This is simple, and I'm not a self-help guru, but people just need to learn to look at the positive things. There's always two things to look at things. Two ways. There's always two ways. And I'm afraid the world's got a big step ahead of most Christians that I know in that. I think sometimes people in the world are more optimistic than Christians are. But honestly, we ought to seek to respond correctly to the problems. And here's here's one little thing that I think is helpful. Daily practice, and this is tough, but I'm just... This is the way I envision it. Daily practice putting your problems in a closet and shutting the door. (laughs) Doesn't mean that they're not there. Some problems you can't change. But for you to sit and worry about them all the time affects what you're... And by the way, we all do this. It can affect the way we talk to somebody we love. 
We're letting that problem that we can't change affect the way we serve the Lord, affect the way we look at life. I mean, that worry of that, but a good way of doing it, the problems don't go away. We're just adjusting our life to it. Some things are never going to change, church. Do you know what I've learned? The past, you can't rewrite it. And you know what? The past hurts. The past sometimes really hurts. You can't make them go away, so you have to adjust your life to it. And quit worrying about it, and quit letting it dictate your life, your attitude, and your personality. Because that's what worry does. When negative thoughts come... Just like here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. So if anything is not in that list, then here's what you have to do. You have to get aggressive in your mind. And by the way, this is a struggle, but I think we ought to strive to do this. We need to hit the cancel button. If something comes up in our mind that we know that we should not dwell on, we should not think about long term, you've got to start hitting the cancel button in your mind. You, start, you have to start getting aggressive with that thought and get it out, get it out of there. You've got to get it out. By the way, you have to get aggressive with it. Sometimes people have thought, I'm callous. I don't want to be callous, but I'm going to be honest with you. You got to get callous about some of your problems and some of your struggles if you're going to overcome worrying. If it doesn't look, if it don't, if it's not in this prescription, if it's not pure, if it's not honest, if it's not true, if it's not just, if it's not lovely, if it's not of good report, if there's not any virtue, if there's not any praise, you don't need to be thinking about it anyway. Neither do I. All it does is lend to worry, and it lends for us being bitter, not better. So adjust your life to accept the problems. Number seven, I'm going to hurry. And I don't really want to hurry because this is really the most important part. But I don't believe I can spend a whole message on it. How can we help others? You know what? I'm going to close right there. I don't want to hurry up on this. You know something I've learned? Grief is necessary. Grief is necessary. I'm going to talk about that more. Grief is a very painful thing. But it's necessary. It can be overwhelming like the ocean of like waves just beating you down. But I don't want to talk about it. But when there's been a real hurt, there's been something you have to grieve. There has to be a healing process. I'm going to even talk about how long does that take? Well, that's different. But I'm just going to say, I believe I'm going to bring some principles out that I think will be helpful to us. How can we help someone that's worrying or hurting? I found this, and I thought this was helpful, and then I'm going to close and I'll, I'll mention it again, but I'm, I'm going to close up my main thoughts on this for the next Wednesday night. But how can we help somebody that's struggling or worrying or going through something? Here's just some helpful things on what not to say. 
And we're guilty of this a lot of times, but these are some things that we shouldn't say when someone's struggling or dealing with tragedy or dealing with worry. Maybe this was for the best. Maybe it was God's will. We don't know that. These are things we shouldn't say. If we're going to try to help somebody, we're going to encourage somebody struggling. You need to quit thinking about it. You need to get this behind you. You will get over this. I know, I know, I know how you feel. If it was me, I would do... Your problems is not as bad as you think they are. Maybe God is punishing you. Those are things you should never say. Can I give you some things to how to help? Number one, it's important to contact people that's hurting, that's grieving. Be a good listener. And oh, I need help with this. Be a good listener. If they need to cry... Let them cry. We view this for years as weakness. Let them cry. It's part of the grieving process. Let them cry. Talking tears. Talking tears and touches are important. It's more important to be there than to talk. And God help me. Share good memories of maybe that lost loved one. Remember it is hard after everybody leaves. Encourage Don't stay away from people because you feel awkward. And we're all guilty of this. Continue to be a friend and be praying for them. I want to give more on this in the next week or so. But I'm going to tell you, church, we have some biblical principles, biblical truths that can help us deal with tragedies. Deal with worry. Deal with dealing with situations that we don't have control over. God can help us. But I also think God allows us to go through things so we can help others. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. In prayer and supplication. We ought to make our requests made known unto the Lord. Amen. How many of y'all know that he is your burden bearer? When you can't get to somebody else, you can always get to him. And I would encourage you to do that. I asked someone the other day, and I, and I know this. I have people in my life, but I know this might sound a little rough, but I had to ask someone the other day, who do you think I call? I have people in my life to call, but I'm going to be honest with you. Who do you think I call?
Who do you think every Christian ought to be calling? Who should really be our burden bearer? Who should be our first speed dial? Who should be our constant help, constant dependent upon him? And every Christian can be mature in that and should be mature in that. Knowing that we can go to him at any moment. Amen? He is our burden bearer. When we can't tell someone else, they can't hear us, they don't understand us, he does. And I promise you this, he'll help you like no one else will. And sometimes solitude and getting away is the best way. I've learned a lot of things. Let's pray together. Let's pray for somebody. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? How many, how many of you know somebody right now, they need to hear this message? You know somebody. You know somebody like that? Well, then look, get them online, get them on the feed. Whatever you need to do, get it to them. Get the CD. We can make them. Tell them online, whatever. Get on Sermon Audio. There's two of them now. There's this Wednesday and last Wednesday. And I have another one. I'm going to preach next Wednesday on this. I think these are helpful things. Some of this are things that I've learned in the last couple of months. That God's helped me. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you will speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray you'll help us to win over worry. Lord, I ask that you will have your way in all of our hearts tonight. I pray that you will give everyone safety as they travel home on this wet evening. But again, Lord, I pray you'll help us now. We know that any moment of the day we have a burden bearer. And I pray that you'll help us to be dependent upon thee. Yes, the storms come in. Nights are dark. But Lord, we know the sun comes up in the morning. I pray you'll help us as we look at these little thoughts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night.